probably be more than two places, but two places specifically you can hold those. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and in Ephesians chapter 6. Second Chronicles 20 and in Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, it's good to see some folks, and, and, uh, or all you folks, it's good to see all you folks, but uh, good to see people here this morning and... Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's, I don't know what word to use. Terrence described this year best, and uh, it's a kind of, it's humorous, but it's best described the way he put it. This year can be described as trying to stand on your head and gargle peanut butter. And that's, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I, that's just sums it all up. But uh, nonetheless, he's still in control. And God has a plan, and uh, I'm just glad and I want to be right in the middle of it. And uh, I was thinking this morning, if you're looking for a place that preaches uh, politics and all that stuff, this isn't the place for you. But if you're looking for a place that preaches the gospel, you're in the right, you're in the right house. If you want a place that's going to murmur and complain and whine and groan about everything else, you may be in the wrong place. But if you want a place that's going to worship his name, here you are. You're here. So we came for one reason today, and that's lift up the name of Jesus. Second Chronicles chapter 20. And I will be through chapter 20, but uh, I, I felt led to minister on and using for a title, or if you're into that kind of thing, uh, I put beat, uh, but I was, I was informed that beaten is the correct grammatical way to put that, and uh, if you know me, I'm not very proper in my grammar, so, um, but beaten, bruised, battered, but I'm still standing. Beaten, bruised, and battered, but I'm still standing. We all take our hits, we all take our lumps, we all take those things that come in life. And, and, and if you have um, lived, then you have experienced those in one realm or another. But guess what? You're still here. You're still here. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, and I'm going to be in verses 1 through 4 first of all, but we'll be throughout the chapter. But it says, It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon with them, the other, side, uh, other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some who, who told Jehoshaphat, saying, There comes a great multitude against you from beyond the sea on the side of Syria. And behold, they be in Hazan Tamar, which is in, in, which is in Gadi. And Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord, even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. We've got a decision to make every single day. When we wake up, when you get up, you've got a decision every single day to make. To stand or to flee. That decision has to be made by none other than yourself. To trust in Christ or to trust in self. To, to, to do those things is something that only you can decide which one will you do. So, so Moab had invaded Judah. Things weren't looking so good. And, and, uh, but you have to take note and you've got to look at Jehoshaphat. He feared, he feared not afraid fear, but he had a, uh, or not the spirit of fear, but he had a reverent fear for the Lord. So he feared the Lord and he knew that this would, would, he would take this matter to the Lord, not being afraid of what was coming, but he, 
He feared the Lord great enough to know that I don't, one, want to be out of your will, and two, that this is in your hands and not mine. Our fear has twisted and, and, and shifted uh, a lot of times because, sure, things are uncertain. But do we fear the Lord enough to take it and leave it to Him, or do we try to play God and say, I'll fix this? I'll take this in my hands and I'll take control. We have a decision, but he made that decision. They were faced with a clear choice to run or to stay. And they chose to gather together to seek the Lord. We, we were talking last night, and uh, politics are inevitable. They'll come up. And when I say we don't preach politics, we address political issues, but we address them with Scripture. So anyway, politics were coming up, and we know that I don't care who's in the White House, it's not going to fix an internal issue. You can't address an, an internal problem with external measures. It's just not going to work. There's only one hope for this nation, and that's Jesus Christ. So there was a decision that had to be made, but we were talking about, and, and some are saying, well, only 20% of Christians will vote. <laughs> I said, but 100% of them will complain. <laughs> and they do. But anyway, that's just a side note. There you go, write that down if you want to. I don't care. But verses 5 through 12, we pick up, and it says, And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he said, O Lord God of our fathers, are not you God in heaven? And rule not you over all the kingdoms of the heathen, and in your hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. Did we just sing about this? Are not your, uh, you, our God, who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, uh, Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham, your friend, forever? And they dwelt therein and have built you a sanctuary therein for your name, saying, If we, uh, when evil comes upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in your presence, for your name is in this house. And cry unto you in our affliction. Then you will hear and help. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. Whom you would not let Israel invade. When they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold I say how they reward us. To come and cast us out of your possession. Which you have given us to inherit. O oh, our God you will not. Uh, will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. You're not the first person that didn't know what to do. We want to act like we know what to do because we want people to think we got it all together. And a lot of times we'll just rattle off answers just to give an answer. And I want to tell you something. If you're not seeking the Lord and you're not giving them biblical uh, wisdom, then don't, don't say something. Because people will take hold of what you tell them and we're responsible. One of the things you learn if you'll take, and we have some folks that are going to take that concealed carry class, when, when you fire the shot, you're responsible for where that bullet ends up. There is power, the power of death and life are in the tongue. So we need to be speaking life. But if you look at verse 13, it says, And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. 
All of them stood. They didn't run. They stood their ground. Why? Because they were seeking the Lord. They knew what was coming against them, what was coming at them seemed to be impossible. And with man and in man's eyes, things are impossible. What's going on right now in this nation is absolutely 100% impossible to fix with man's standards. It's not going to happen. It's not going to take care of itself. But they were, they were faced with a situation and they had to make a decision. They didn't run. They didn't flee. They instead, they stood their ground and they sought the Lord. Verses 15 through 19 says, And he said, Hearken you, all Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou uh, King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord God unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God. The Spirit of the Lord had come on Jehaziel, or however you say his name, and telling him to instruct them, Listen to me, stand your ground, but don't be afraid, don't be dismayed, the battle is not yours. So don't even engage in it. I'm, I'm trying to be nice. But if you read a lot of believers' posts on social media, one would question, are you truly a believer? I want to tell you something. Jesus Christ saved my soul. And that's the only person that's going to save anybody else's. And if your time is spent arguing, trying to prove your point, then you're wasting your time. Give them Jesus Christ. Give them Jesus Christ. So as they sought the Lord, they, they, uh, they delivered the answer. The answer was delivered through, the, through Jehaziel. And they, as they prayed, they praised Him. As the people prayed, they praised Him. When you go back to verse 6 and you look, they proclaimed Him, God in heaven, the ruler of all, in your hand there is power and might. Do we understand who we serve? Do we understand who we call Lord of all? There is power and might. None, not one, is able to stand against you. And in verse 7 says, You are God who drove out the inhabitants of this land and gave it to us. So in other words, they're saying, If you did it before, God, you're going to do it again. Lord, you did it once, you're going to do it again. I don't know where we find ourselves or how we find ourselves stuck in, in, in this life or in this cycle of fear and wondering how will we get through? How are we going to make it out? How's it going to happen? Don't you know if he did it one time? Are we, we need to wake up in this place this morning. If he did it one time, he's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. So once you made the decision to stand your ground, it's not to stand your ground and be like, look at me. What? Yeah, men, I don't know why that's, the, that's like the common man thing. If they're, if they're going to fight, they're like, what? I don't know what that's supposed to do, but, uh, oh, y'all ain't never seen that? <laughs> Whoa, I'm scared of that. But they, you stand your ground, not to look at me. But it's, it's, we must decrease so that he can increase. But stand our ground. What ground? Not our ground. We're standing on the solid rock. We're standing in Christ. 
Me, Terrence, and Sherman had this discussion last night. It's so funny how people so quickly focus on people. Because somebody made a post, for every Goliath, there's a David inside of you. It's, it wasn't David. It was the God inside of David that defeated Goliath. <laughs> you don't need to be a David. You need to seek the Lord like David sought the Lord. But you don't need to, we don't need another David. We need, we need God to move inside of our lives like he did in David's. We want to focus on people. It ain't about us. So once that decision made to stand your ground, seek the Lord and praise Him, then fully trust. Then you will begin to fully trust in Christ. You'll begin to fully trust in the battle that has already been won at Calvary's cross. You'll begin to fully stand your ground and place your faith and anchor your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. The cross. We know Colossians 2, 14 and 15, that, that blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that were against us, which are contrary to us, He took them away and He nailed it. Jesus nailed it to the cross. And having spoiled the principalities and powers, He made show of them openly. So when you trust in what's already been done, the victory that's already been won, the battle that's already been waged, you stand and place your faith and anchor it in Christ. The victory has already been won. But we're looking for it in the wrong places. Lord, when will you bring victory for this situation? It's already been won. We choose, we choose to be victims. We choose to say, well, brother, you don't understand what I'm going through. Well, let me paint the most miserable, uh, pitiful picture I can. For what? Oh, I'm sorry. It's not going to fix it. I'm not denying the fact that we don't all go through issues and we all have them and we're all facing struggles and you'll face them in your life. But if I spend my time painting the most miserable picture I can paint, I'm failing to, take, uh, to look to Christ to, to trust that His work is finished, to trust that the victory has already been won, and I'm placing my misery over Him. Romans 8, 1 and 2, and, 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 and verse 11 tells us, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. I don't care who you were. I don't care what your record says. I don't care about none of that stuff. Because once you're in Christ Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation. So when you start talking about, well, you don't know where they come from, I don't care where they come from. All I know is they're a brother or sister in the Lord, and that's all that matters to me. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, we talked about this last week, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made man free, or made me free from the law of sin and death. And then verse 11 says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Do you not trust that He'll do it again? <laughs> but you've got to make this decision to stand your ground. To stand in Christ. To pray and to praise Him. To seek Him. 
I, I see these things going on and all this stuff. And, and, and I even see pastors posting, well, if we, we can just, if we can just have more faith. It's not the issue. It's where? It's the object. It's where? Because the Bible instructs us and clearly lets us know if we can have the faith just the size of a mustard seed, it'll move mountains. But it's the faith that's placed in the right place. It's, it's not, you've got to have more. It's where is it? Where is it? And, and again, well, well, you don't understand what I'm going through. I might not understand, but you've got to understand this, that Romans 4 and verse 17 says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, before him who believed even God, who quickens the dead and calls things which be not, as though they were. You know, when you go to the beach, for you absolutely Pentecostal people and you holier-than-thou people, it's the coast. We go, I go to the beach. <laughs> but when you go to the beach, you look and you see the horizon, and that's as far as you can see. And I always wanted to know, when I went to the beach when I was a kid, I would always ask my dad, I don't know why I asked him which way was China, I wanted to know what was on the other side of that water. Or which way is Africa or Ireland or, or whatever. We can only see the horizon. But don't you know that the God we serve, the Christ that's in us, He sees past it. Because the Bible also tells us that He is the author and the finisher of our faith. So he looks beyond and he sees beyond the horizon and he knows what tomorrow holds. So you've got to trust him with today. Trust him with today. God sees past that. It may not look good. The outcome may not seem possible. The, 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 the results of a, whatever test may seem crazy or, or the news may be bad. But what will you do? Will you pout or will you praise him anyway? Will you assemble together? Will you stand your ground and look and seek the Lord? Judah was faced with what man would say was impossible, but they did not complain. They did not complain. They did not argue. They did not feel sorry for... Church is full of some... I'm not saying this church. I'm just general. So I'm not throwing rocks, okay? I, I, I don't blame a non-believer for not wanting anything to do with church. Because church is full of some of the most complaining people in the world. When we say and profess Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, and listen, we're, not, we're all guilty, we've all complained. But when we say and we profess Him as Lord and Savior of our lives, but then when a trouble or a trial comes, it's ho, 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 ho. They didn't do that. They sought the Lord. We've got the same promise as His children that He will never leave us nor forsake us, that all things work together for our good. God has a plan for all of us, but during the difficult times, instead of praising, we begin to doubt. I'm a man, we know. We know what it's like to have a negative I ain't even talking about numbers. A, ne a negative and then numbers on a bank statement. And he's like, dang, I don't, I don't, how am I going to pay this, uh, what do they call it, insufficient fund 
charge. I ain't even got the money to pay that to get it into the positive. It's not a good place to be. So, guys, save your money. Don't go buy fireworks if you don't need to. Or sunglasses at a convenience store. I don't know who did that, but anyway. If you don't know, Noah bought some $19 sunglasses. It was just awful. <laughs> but he had to protect his eyes. But anyway, they were faced with an impossibility of what, what seemed to be to man. But they knew who they were trusting in, and they knew in whom they believed, and they knew in whom they were, they were, they were crying out to, and they knew who they were speaking to. So they trusted him. So if you look at the last part of verse 12, it says, Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. So when we don't know what to do, first thing we do is ask somebody else, well, what would you do? <laughs> Let's, why don't we ask the Lord? I mean, there's nothing wrong with seeking godly wisdom, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but ask the Lord first. Ask the Lord first. Lord, what would you have me do? You're not the first one again who does not, does not know what to do or, or won't know what to do. But we have to keep our eyes on Christ. And in ourselves we can do nothing because we in ourselves are nothing. John 15, 5 tells us that without me you can do nothing. So, so they, they could have said, look around and, and we're surrounded, we're, we're doomed. It's, it's, it's just not any good. They could have. Very easily because they were over or outnumbered. They were overwhelmed. But they, I guess if you want to use this term, they put their money where their mouth was. They trusted him. They said, I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going I'm to believe it. Verse 21, and when, when he had consulted with the people, he appointed, which is crazy, which is nuts. One, they knew the battle wasn't there. But he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty and holiness as they went before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever and I know that this is not a battle plan that that uh, uh, specifically the United States would implement because uh, they're, they're sending in the Air Force or whatever they may be first but uh, he sent the praisers <laughs> I don't know I, I'm just trying to picture you know what would I be if I was on the other side over here with my with my, my sword and shield and and whatever they had slingshots or catapults I'm not sure but here comes an army at me singing. <laughs> like, ooh, scary. I mean, I don't know. You're about to be in a fight when you was young, and the, and the guy just starts singing. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but this is what the Lord instructed him to do. What he sometimes tells us and instructs us that it makes no sense. But our ways are his, and our thoughts aren't his. He knows. He knows. So the leading element of their response was praise. They were looking unto Him. And I've got to ask the question this morning, where are you looking? Which way are you looking? A lot of us shouldn't be looking at the news or the social media no more. Get your eyes in His Word. Look to Him. Seek Him. They were looking unto Him. So when the doctor says it don't look good, when your finances are too little, too little, I stress too little, when, when life hits you with all that has, do you look around or do you look up? Do you look at your, your neighbor or do you look up? The direction of praise, I can promise you, is always up. 
Psalm 55 and 18, he, or 55 verse 18, He has delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. Not only is the battle not yours, you're not alone. You can be physically alone, but you're not alone in Christ. You have a heavenly host that is with you. That's, that's the, the word peculiar, that peculiar people, that periesios. You're surrounded. It's a host of, of, that's with you. You have to make a decision to direct your praise. And when you do, when you direct your praise, there's also a duration of praise. There's a time, there's a length. When? When he comes back. It ain't stopping until then. Verse 18, before the battle, they were praising him. All the people fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Verse 22, they were worshiping him during the battle as they began to sing and praise. The Lord set ambushments that were against the, 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 the foe. And in verse 26 of, of chapter 20, they praised him after the battle. So there's a duration. It's before, during, and after. It don't end. We, we, when something good happens, man, it's easy. You know, I mean, if they got a st second stimulus check, we're going, whoo, 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 thank you, Jesus. Can you get a third one? Uh, it's, but when difficult times come, when, 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 I hate to paint a, 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 a not a doom and gloom, but it's not going to get any better. And we're going to get there in a moment. I got plenty of time. Yeah, I, got, I was trying to read the analog. Most of us, again, don't have trouble praising Him when it's good, when we're on the mountaintop, and when, when, when the roses are smelling wonderful and the hummingbirds are eating out of the feeders. And, but man, when, when, you know, when your kids are sick and, and your car won't start and and, and, and whatever may happen, I, I don't know. We get crazy. And we lose focus. And, and, and we began to complain and murmur and, and gripe and, and look to everywhere, everywhere else and get caught up in all the stuff. And, and we forget to praise Him. And if you, if you thank Him, I've said it before, after the fact, it's gratitude. But if you praise Him, if you're thanking Him before, it's praise. And I'll say this a lot, and I'll say it again. Praise is the highest form of faith, and faith is the highest form of praise. I don't see it. I don't know how. I don't know when. But, Lord, you're going to do it again. You're going to do it anyhow. So, so there's the duration of praise. There's also a deliverance of praise. In verses 27 through 30 in, in chapter 20, you read, and I'm, I'm flipping there. Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them to go again into Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. And they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps and trumpets unto the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was all the kingdoms of the countries. For when they heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. We don't... Terrence brought this out last night while we were discussing a lot of people are praying for revival for what uh, and I mean, specifically we were speaking about ministries and ministers so that I can be the face of that no we're praying for revival so lives will be changed so lives will be changed souls will be saved 
so that we can be changed. Proverbs 21 verse 31 says, The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. We remain prepared through what? Praise. We remain prepared through our faith in the finished work of Christ because He has us. He's got us. But we understand that we, we prepare ourselves in praise, but safety comes from the Lord. Not, not in us, not what we do, but it comes from the Lord. So praise is the response to His provision, and, and depending upon how we respond to His provision, depends on how He blesses. When you we go back, and we don't have time, but, but you go back, and, 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 and maybe one day we'll do it again, but talking of the Lord's Prayer, you, you, you either profane or you sanctify the name. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. We can profane it by not responding and being thankful and praise the name. Or, or we, 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 we just shun them away. So when we praise the power of His presence, His presence changes things. Sometimes it's the circumstance, but most often it's us. Because when He changes you, you no longer see the trial as a trial. You look at it as an opportunity. Not for you to do something, but for him to do it again. I was talking the other day with, with an individual, and, and, and it's, a, it's a difficult time, and, and I understand the discouragement and those type of things. And, and, and we can ask ourselves this question. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Lord, did I really hear from you? Lord, I know I heard from you. And I know I'm following what you told me to do, but this just don't seem right. And you begin to doubt. The enemy begins to, to play with your mind and all of these things because you're giving them ground. The Bible tells us not to give place to the devil. But anyway, we do. And, oh, you didn't hear from the Lord. If you did, this would be working. And the Lord immediately dropped this in my spirit. Don't you think Abraham asked the same question when he was laying Isaac on the altar? But he knew he heard from the Lord. Lord, this don't make no sense. Because Abraham didn't know there was going to be a ram in the thicket. But God did. And sometimes he'll take us and he'll lead us to places that make no sense. And he'll let you go through hell and back. To show you I'm still in charge. I'm still in control. And just when you think it's all over, a ram's going to start shaking in the bush. And you might be in this place this morning asking, Lord, I don't know if I really heard from you or not. The Lord will never lead you anywhere that will encourage you. That won't encourage you, sorry. He will lead you to places that will encourage you. He'll never, he'll never uh, uh, take you to a place that will point you to... He will never not take you to... I'm saying everything backwards. Take you to a place that won't point you to Jesus. So when, when we praise the power of His presence, He changes us because when He changes us, that circumstance, that trial, the trouble is not our focus. We see it now as an opportunity. So we might feel like we're surrounded by, the, by uncertainty. But I want to encourage you this morning to praise Him. To seek Him. To stand your ground. And, and seek Him to look up and not look down or around. To seek Him while, while He's here. 
In Ephesians 6, and I'm not going to go through everything, but I'm kind of finishing up Ephesians, which I've been going through on Sunday night, in this portion, if you will. And we're talking, and he's talking about the armor of God. This is where we stand, how we stand. We put on, you never take it off. Wherefore, take unto you the whole, the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all, stand. It don't say, don't put on the, put on the armor so you can go in there and fight and you can, you can carry the shield of faith and swing the sword of the Spirit and go ahead, I got the helmet of salvation on and my shoes are, are shod with, with the gospel and, and I've got the, the, the breastplate of righteousness and, and the belt of truth. No, it, it tells you to stand. Stand, clothed, covered in the armor of God. Why? How? So that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Do we know that today is evil? It's evil. Never in the world should anybody look at anybody and say, I don't like you because you don't look like me. But guess what? It happens. It happens. Why? Because of sin. Because of sin. The storm is raging. The ship is battered. Society is drawing a line and they want you to pick a side right now. Where do you stand? Pick a side. Stand on the side. Can I tell you something? If they've given you a choice, a side to stand on, neither one of them right? Why? Because it's man's way. You stand on this side or you stand on this side. Where are you, go where are you at? And you know when you was in elementary school, maybe it was just my school, Warlick Elementary. And if you're watching and you're from Gaston County, it was not a delinquent school then. It should have been probably, but it was not. I tell... <laughs> Some kids asked where I went to school one time. I was like, Warlick. And they was like, how long? I was like, through sixth grade. They was like, dang, you was bad. I said, like, what are you talking about? It's like, that's where all the delinquents go. I was like, oh, I graduated. <laughs> but you know, when they would start arguing with these kids, whose side you on? You on Terrence's side or you on Noah's side? This is, this is what society's doing right now. You on the right side or you on the left side? You on this side or you on that? If, if man's giving you a choice, neither side's right. I'm standing in Christ. I'm standing in Christ. Evil is abundant and people are in a rage. Racial tensions are growing and churches are shutting down and jobs are being lost and bills are piling up and they tell you to have service. Don't have service. I got people right now watching. They're ready to turn me in for having church. Well, here we are. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Chaos everywhere. I can tell you as a pastor, it don't matter what decision we make, it's a no-win situation. As a believer in Christ Jesus, to people, it's a no-win situation. But I know in Christ, I've already won. And I don't care what nobody says. I am victorious in Christ Jesus. 
and my actions and my beliefs and what I stand on and what I, what I base everything upon don't have to make sense to you. And, and here's what we're looking at. We're looking for non-believers to agree with the Bible. Ain't gonna happen. This year, and again, what, what, what Terrence said is, is like standing on your head gargling peanut butter. That's... We got to get a shirt made, man. <laughs> we'll give you some. We'll give you one percent of all sales. <laughs> Baby Malachi is gonna be loaded. <laughs> but that's it's it's that crazy. What do I do? Where do I go? Who do I believe? What do I listen to? Who's right? Who's wrong? Does the germs escape or do they not escape? Does it protect me? Does it protect you? Do I go in here? Do I go in? Does hand sanitizer work? Is it six feet or eight feet or nine feet? Does it infect kids 11 and under or not? Can dogs get it? Can pigs transport it? Is it in my bacon? I don't know. This is what's, this is what's coming. And we've, we've focused and we've honed in and we're watching news because we got some people that are so faithful to Fox more than they are Christ. Uh-oh. How about seek him? All news, and I'm going to get some, all news stations lie. Hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Let's listen to the Lord. Let's seek him. Let's ask for his advice and his direction and his guidance and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what will you have me to do? So, so it is a crazy year, but I come to tell you, do not lose focus and don't get caught up in the battle because it's not yours. You want to, but it ain't yours. We're out there popping our knuckles like we're ready to go. Just bring it. It's, it's, not, that's, it's not ours. The flesh in us wants to engage. The flesh in us wants to, well, I'm just going to put them in there. No, let me, listen. It's a soul that needs Christ Jesus as a Savior. So don't get caught up in the stuff and don't take your eyes off of Christ. And keep your faith anchored in the finished work. It says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Why? Because you need all of it. Every single bit of it, you need it all. Why? Because today is evil. And don't, let's, don't fight, stand. Having done all, stand. In fact, we're told, it's never told it's going to be easy. We're told in 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Some have said it, there's a study, there's a survey that went around since March. March of 2020. This is July, almost August. Since March, one-third... 33.3333 infinity percent has left church, don't engage in anything that has to do with church, and don't even watch online any longer. One third already. Gone. Why? Because the routine went away. That in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. 
That sounds pretty rough, but that's, that's what it says. This is the Bible. This is not, this is the Bible. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. This is the latter days, the last, the last days. Seared with a hot iron. This is why people can hate people and not even, don't even care. They can, they can say derogatory terms and it don't even bother them one bit. And oh, we, 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 all own the, we all own the bandwagon, put down this, put down that, stick down that, whatever, whatever, whatever. But then we, we ride our high horse and we, we, we want to spew hate in the name of Jesus. <laughs> that don't work either. Because it's still hate, just painted with a different brush. Because if you can't love somebody, if they walk through that door that, that, that you knew or that your spirit just didn't bear witness with, and you start looking at them like, what in the world are you doing here in my, 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 whatever? It is shame on us. It's no secret, my brother, uh, I love him dearly. But my brother struggles with homosexuality. And I've heard church people say, I hate homosexuals. No, no, one, no wonder people don't want anything to do with church. Because we're making a battle what we think is right and what we feel is right instead of standing in Christ and standing on the finished work and loving like Christ. Because my argument will never win a soul. But if I preach Jesus, and I give you Jesus, and I stand my ground, and I seek the Lord, and I, I know the battle's not mine, and I know that He'll fight it for me. I'm going to not fear. I'm not going to worry. He'll take care of it. But in the latter days, they'll speak lies and hypocrisies, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, This know also that in the last days perilous times, oh, we want a revival. We want the Holy Ghost Break out. We want to shout our shoes off. and woo We just want it. But this is the last day's perilous times. We're not prepared for perilous times. We're not, we're not even prepared for the harvest. We want revival, but why? We want growth. Why? The, the, the last day's perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own self. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. And it goes on to say, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontentment, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. I don't know why we're surprised. That all of this is going on. It shouldn't be a surprise that evil is rampant. 
but be very mindful not to get caught up in the chaos. Do not, listen to me, if you don't hear nothing else this morning, hear me now. Do not allow your passion to speak louder than your profession. I'm in the NRA. Woo! And that's going to be our stance. I am too. I got guns, oh Lord Jesus. Or whatever, whatever this passion is. I don't know. Labradoodles are the best. Whatever it is. Don't let it speak louder than your profession in Christ Jesus. Because it can be as dumb as Labradoodles are the best. Just give them Jesus. Don't give them your opinion. Don't give them your passion. Don't give them a whole spiel about whatever it may be. Give them Jesus. Why the whole armor again? Because we need every single bit of it. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day, resisting and opposing the powers of darkness, and having done all to stand. Don't give one inch. Not one inch. You, you got a choice to make today. Singers, musicians, you can come. <coughs> we may feel like Jehoshaphat. Or look at it as, man, they're coming all over. We may look at, we may look at it like those people that went and told Jehoshaphat. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. Or you could be like Jehoshaphat and, and fear the Lord and take it to Him. You've been beaten. You've been battered. You've been bruised. But you're still standing. Brother, I got on the armor of God. But man, my armor looks like trash. It's banged up. It's dinged up. It's tarnished and everything else. But guess what? It's still there. You're still standing still here. Why? Not to say, look at me, I made it. Not to, not to have I survived Corona shirt. But to give God the glory. On my niece's birthday, she happens to be here today. 2007. She was only how were you? Eight years old. Seven, eight years old. She turned eight. My life changed forever. Because I was tired of fighting. I was tired of engaging in battles that I had no business engaging in. I was tired of wearing Saul's armor. I was tired of being those that come to tell Jehoshaphat we're being invaded. I was tired of it all. And I learned to just stay. And if I've learned anything since then is that God no matter what I'm going to stand. Because everybody's not going to always agree with you. Everybody's not going to always jump on your bandwagon. 
And sometimes you'll have to stand alone, physically, For too long, popular opinion has pushed the church. Psalm 63, it's David crying out and his soul was thirsty in a land where there was no water. David, a man after God's own heart, his soul was thirsty. And he, and he sought the Lord and he, he knew where to go and he knew where to turn because when you get to verse 3 it says because thy loving kindness is better than life God no matter what comes my way the riches or the cave I don't care your loving kindness is better than life and my lips will praise thee but see, David took it further than just lip service. You go down to verse 4, and he began to do something else. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I'm not going to question you. I'm not going to whine. I'm not going to complain. I'm going to bless you while I live, and I'm going to lift my hands in your name. And when I lift my hands, it may look like some to surrender, but Lord, to you, it's praise. So I don't know what you're facing, and I don't know what you're carrying, and I don't know what battle you may be engaged in, but I want to tell you something. Today is the day of surrender, and you need to lay it at His feet, and you need to say, Lord, here I come, just as Jehoshaphat and all the children, they all came and they stood before the Lord. They stood there. They sought Him. And they, listen, again, I didn't come to complain. I didn't come to fix something. I came to praise the name of Jesus. Psalm 47 and verse 1 says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. This is the time. Now is the time to praise Him. Go back to verse 13 of, of, of 2 Chronicles 20. All Judah... All of them stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Let them see you praise more than pout. <laughs> Let them see you worship Him more than they see you whining. Let they see you surrender and seek Him. Again, you might be here. You might be beaten. You might be bruised. You might be battered. But you're still here. Why? Give Him glory. Why? To surrender. Today, I want you to stand in this place. I want to tell you, if you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, Today's the day. Because we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Surrender. Surrender. Does your soul thirst as David's did? Are you hungry for more of Him? Whatever your need may be this morning, I want you to come bring it before the Lord. Just stand. Brother, I don't even know what to pray. I've been there before too. But thank God I've got a promise that I've got an intercessor. And his name is Jesus. 
for a mediator that it would go between me and the Father. And He knows, and the Bible tells us that He has, He knows what need we have even before we ask. Because you don't have to think of some fancy prayer to come and bring it before Him. He already knows what you need. Just come and stand, Lord. Whatever, I just, I just desire you to have your way. Whatever the need is today, I want you to come. We'll be glad to pray with you. But don't leave this place the same way you came. Let Him change you today.
step out and just trust him. Because we know when the, when the priests were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, they came to the Jordan. The Jordan was at flood stage. We know that. But the Jordan didn't begin to back up until the toe touched the water. And I don't know, again, I, I believe that the Lord desires to change our lives every time we come in His presence. And some of us have a difficult time believing that He'll do it again. Because we've lived so long in defeat. And we've accepted just, just, it just is what it is. Do you really believe that He is the God of miracles? We've learned to live uh, uh, much less uh, or much less and in, 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 in being uh, whatever just miserable and that's not why he came he came that we would live in victory walk in victory and that life would be abundant and there's some people in here been through some things that are horrific face some situations that no man can grasp and you cannot wrap your mind around. But I want to tell you that God desires to wrap His arms of love around you and hold you. And as the Father ran to meet the prodigal son, He's standing with arms wide open. I want them to sing this bridge again. And if you believe He'll do it again, come, come. You don't have to know how. Just believe. Just believe. Sing it again.